You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 39. This show is brought to you by our free tip sheet of the month, Attract Your Ideal Audience, a completely free tip sheet that will help you cut through the clutter, get crystal clear on who you're talking to, and help you start attracting and growing your audience today. You can grab your free tip sheet at juliesolomon.net forward slash newsletter. Welcome to The Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times best selling publicist takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our review of the week, and that is J.C. Cochran, and he says, I literally can't believe this info is free. What I like about this podcast is that the questions don't only serve you, the host, and your platform. You literally ask fair and awesome entrepreneurial questions that apply to all your listeners. For example, I'm a new writer and my son just started a fitness brand company, yet both of us can greatly utilize this content. Same thing happened when we listened to your episode with Lauren Everts of The Skinny Confidential. Great work. Keep it up. Well, thank you so much for that feedback and reviews, JC. I'm really love to hear that you and your son can apply a lot of these tactical tools for whatever it is that you are focusing on and working on in this moment. So, so thank you for that. So I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So make sure to, sus- to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes and give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. You guys know that I love to do this. And something else that I love to do is to share your screenshots on my story. So make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Jules Solomon. And go ahead and give our guest today at Sheridan Gregory a tag as well and hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let us know that you're joining in today. Today, as you know that we want to share those screenshots too. Last week, Heather Crabtree took us through a Facebook group roadmap in order to help us grow a loyal community on Facebook. This week, one of my favorite lifestyle bloggers, Sheridan Gregory, has allowed me to ask her anything when it comes to blogging and blog growth. This lady has been at this game for quite a while now, so she knows her stuff. Get ready for a Q&A that helps you prep for 2018. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to have one of my closest and dearest friends um, in the social media blogger and life space, uh, my dear friend Sheridan Gregory on the podcast with us today. Sheridan is one of the first really girls that I met in LA when this whole blogger craze kind of started happening. Sheridan really got into blogging probably, you know, earlier on than most, um, just being out in LA and the areas that she was growing up in. She created a site originally formerly known as Blue Eyed Finch as an outlet for all things fashion, beauty, and travel, and then of course family related as she grew her family. And while those were originally the main focus, she really started to venture out into other arenas, including the YouTube space and doing a lot of really fun random life moments with her family that we get to follow along with now. So I'm so excited for Sheridan to chat with us today about her navigation as a blogger and really how she has been able to, you know, every year as this space grows and as the challenges may come, she has been able to really set herself apart, innovate her brand, learn how to change with the times and really grow her brand as this industry grows. So she's going to give us a lot of incredible insight about how she's been able to lock some incredible brand deals in, how she makes sure to stick out among the saturation with brands and with the collaborators around her and how she's able to sustain a long-term career as a blogger. So I'm so excited for you guys to chat with her today. And without further ado, we will welcome her on. So hello, Sheridan. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me today. Of course. I know that this has been a long time coming. You were someone that was actually on my original list to have on 
seven months ago when I started this and we're, <laughs> we're just now finally getting to it. So um, I'm really excited. I think that you are going to have just so much words of wisdom to share with listeners today. And I know that our listeners always love to hear from, from bloggers um, that are, you know, similar to them and have kind of been through it and have had to kind of navigate the ups and downs and in between. So I know with some of your amazing work with brands like Banana Republic and Macy's and Pop Sugar and Kendra Scott, you are just a wealth of knowledge. And so I'm excited to to dive in. And I know that one of the things that has <clears throat> really been notable and and about you is your your relationship with Pop Sugar. I know that you have been named a Pop Sugar Select Engagement Award winner. I know that you actually work mm-hmm. very close with Shop Style Collective, who also works well with Pop Sugar and on the business side of things. You were featured um, on the cover of their website this year um, in a huge <laughs> campaign that you did with them. So I would love if you could just kind of share a little bit about how you've been able to navigate, you know, really how you were first able to get on Pop Sugar's radar and really kind of walk us through that process. Because I think that a lot of bloggers out there, they get really kind of stunted on these kinds of things because they'll look around and they'll see these other bloggers doing these amazing collaborations with brands or with affiliate marketing companies or with companies like Pop Sugar, and they really have no idea how that even came about. So I think that you would be the perfect person to kind of walk us through that. And not only with Pop Sugar, but with any other brands that you have been able to solidify a really good relationship with, how have you been able to kind of, you know, do that and really get on their radar and really work with them continuously? So it's not really a one and burn. And how can new bloggers try to do the same thing today? Yes, I would love to chat more about Pop Sugar and Shop Style Collective because honestly, they have helped me grow so much as a blogger. I got introduced to Pop Sugar because Shop Style Collective is a newer thing, but Pop Sugar has been around for quite a long time. Obviously, everybody's probably heard of Pop Sugar the site, but they have a program called Pop Sugar Select where bloggers can actually apply to be a part of the program. And I heard about Pop Sugar, I want to say like years ago, maybe a few years ago, I was actually just chatting with some blogger friends at a conference and they were chatting about different, like different programs like Pop Sugar. There was another one. I can't even remember the name. It didn't last very long, but they all suggested that I sign up for Pop Sugar. And I was a newer blogger. I mean, I'd been blogging for a while, but not as a career. So it wasn't like a money thing back then. I was like, oh, great. I have the ability to make some money with this. That's amazing. So um, I just logged on to Pop Sugar. I think you just do it the same way. I don't have the exact link, but if you Google Pop Sugar Select, it'll pop up. And you literally just apply. So you send in basically your name, your information, links to your website, your social media, and they go through and review. And I was accepted, which was so exciting because I was such a small blogger back in the day. Um, And it just helped me grow so much. So they were some of the first bigger brand deals that I ever got. So through PopSugar, they come to you, they bring you opportunities to work with brands is basically what it is. So they'll bring you different opportunities and basically you can say yes or no. And that's kind of how I got started doing some of my brand deals. I hadn't really done any big brand deals until working with Pop Sugar and then moving on to Shop Style Collective. And I'm pretty positive that they're separate things. So Shop Style Collective is the same way now. You can apply to sign up. I'm pretty positive, right, Julie? Yes, yeah. And I think yes. they do work like they're they're separate companies, but I think that they but do they work, work together. together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I just know that some of my deals will be like a pop sugar and then some will be shop style collective. Um, but yeah, I think that it is the greatest way for bloggers to kind of get a feel for working with brands because it doesn't really matter. You don't have to be like some massive influencer. You can be just starting off and just, you know, getting your blog going. And I think that creating those relationships with them is the most important. Um, I know you've had Deanna from ShopStyle on your podcast before. She's amazing. She is actually who I was introduced to when I first started working with ShopStyle. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it works. They're just a great way for bloggers to work with brands and they're kind of the middleman in a way, but they're so helpful, especially when you're first starting off and you don't really know how to get those brand deals. And that's, that's the other thing too, that I think has been really interesting about your journey. Um, because I know you so well is that a lot of, a lot of times I'll have bloggers or influencers come to me and they may be with like XYZ affiliate company. And they always talk about how, you know, they don't get any brand deals sent to them and they just feel like they're part of this, you know, just like rat race. And, you know, it's more just about whatever affiliate income, big or small that they're able to make for themselves. And so what I've really noticed with you that I think is really smart is that you've been very intentional with aligning with, you know, companies out there, affiliate marketing companies, and then other select companies out there that really do work with the blogger and the influencer to get them that one-on-one brand deal. Yes. I 100% have been through different affiliate companies. Um, (laughs) I did the whole affiliate and tried to focus mainly on Like, hey, how many links, how many clicks can I get? And I don't know. I feel like I kind of got tied up in it because I felt like I had to be doing that. And then I realized that, you know, while that works well for some girls, that just was not the route that I wanted to go. And it wasn't making me happy to just focus on affiliates only. And I think that's why Pop Sugar and Shop Style Collective have become I don't know. We just, we work very closely together. Like you said, I just shot a campaign with them and I just feel like we've built a very great relationship and it gives me the ability to do more brand deals. Whereas in the past I haven't been able to through the other affiliate companies. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of times I think that bloggers can get very kind of like tunnel vision that, you know, they only have to work with like this one affiliate company or they have to do it Mm -hmm. this one way because they look around and they, they assume that that's what everyone else is doing. But really sometimes kind of going your own path a little bit and testing some different things out could really work in their benefit if they, if they just think about it a little bit differently. Absolutely. I think every blogger and influencer is so different and there is not like a one size fits all. You can't, You can't just be like, oh, well, I see this girl. She's doing so well. She's doing so many brand deals. I'm going to just try to copy and do exactly what she does. That's not how this industry works. And I think that a lot of us, I know myself included, I have been caught up in, you know, trying to emulate other people's paths, if you might, that's what you would call it. And it's just every blogger is so different. And I just want like newer bloggers to know that, If you're not growing crazy, it's okay. If you're not getting a million different brand deals right now, it's okay to just keep at it because I'm not like a massive influencer. Um, I'm more so considered a micro influencer, Um, but I still have the ability through the relationships that I've built over the years to get these incredible brand deals. So like you said, it's not a one size fits all everybody's journey is different. And I think it's important to keep all of those doors open and kind of explore them all to see what works best for you and your brand. I think that is a great takeaway for the listeners today, for sure. Um, And one of the other things that I think that you've kind of left the door open to and tested out, which is great because I love your your video content, but it is the video (laughs) content in the YouTube. And I know that that's something that you have really been working on probably over the last like two years um, and then really diving Mm -hmm. more into in the past like 12 to 18 months. And I know that, you know, when it comes to kind of like trends, it, it really is the video content. Like it's been around for a while. It's not really going anywhere. I mean, we see even with Instagram story and Instagram lives, like everything's just kind of more moving into that video based direction. And so I would love if you could share a few examples to our listeners today of what kind of content that you have found that really works kind of better on video as opposed to just a blog post. You know, if you've been like, okay, I've done this on a blog and I've done this on a video and it definitely translates better on video. And then maybe an example or two of content that hasn't really translated very well on on video that you may think is probably better for more of the traditional blog post um, formula. Absolutely. So yes, video content I feel is just it's huge these days. Like you said, it's always been around, but I feel like every social media platform, 
is headed in that direction. Like you said, Instagram stories. Um, so I do think that video content varies depending on your audience, but for me personally, um, and I think for a lot of people on YouTube particular, the types of videos that do the best are say tutorials, makeup, hair tutorials, um, product reviews. I think that product reviews do really well on video because your audience and your followers are getting they're just getting that one-on-one. -on -one. They're watching you talk about it. So it's not just written in words. Um, and for people like me, I'm honestly not the greatest writer. Like writing has not been my like strong suit, but through video content, I can express myself better. I'm a lot better at, you know, just talking and rambling of things. So definitely product videos, haul videos. Like if you do a big you know, shopping spree at Sephora. I have found that those videos and showing what you've bought do really well. I think curiosity gets the best of all of us and we just want to know what other people are buying. Um, and then as for videos that don't perform well and I stick to blog posts, and like I said earlier, it kind of varies. I know that there are girls who do fashion on YouTube and they do amazing. Um, but for me, fashion videos just have not performed as well as my other videos. So for me, outfit posts, I like to keep to my blog. Like I will speak about different pieces of clothing that I love on like in favorites videos. And I think that that performs well. But for me, I think fashion is really hard to do on YouTube. So that's kind of my feel on it. I know that some people really do great with fashion on YouTube, but my audience, those videos just do not perform well. Yeah. And I, I could see that too, because I think that when it comes to a lot of the fashion posts, they, people want the pictures because they want to be able to kind of, you know, kind of relook at them. They want that still mm -hmm. shot, you know, to kind of for, for a frame yes. of reference, or if you're trying to get, you know, if your reader's really wanting an idea of like what to wear for the holidays, they really want to see more, or at least I know I do. I really want to see more of a photo as opposed to a video. But if it was like a beauty Absolutely. tutorial, I would definitely want to see a video instead of a photo. Yeah, so, so I think sense. it's all just dependent on the content that you create. Yeah, for and sure. How your audience responds to it as well. Yeah, and it's it's good too because I think testing that out and kind of seeing what your audience is connecting to is also really helpful with that, which kind of leads yes. me to like my next thought with you too is the um the idea of Instagram stories because I know that that is something that you've started to do more and kind of what your, you know, if you do have some kind of strategy, because I, of course I follow you on Instagram and I love to see your stories and really just kind of having that as, as really a more of effective way to grow engagement. So can you give us a sneak peek into like, if you have some kind of strategy and I know that a lot of times there's, there's bloggers and influencers out there and that are listening today that are really still kind of like nervous and scared to take this leap to really get in front of the camera. But as we just talked about this video content is not going to go anywhere. And it's more important now than ever for us to get more confident and getting in front of the camera. So how do you navigate that? Yes, I can relate to being nervous to getting in front of the camera. Um, I was the same exact way. Starting YouTube was terrifying, you know, because you're really putting yourself out there. And then Instagram stories came around and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to start doing this more regularly. Like, and it's kind of more in the moment situations, but I think once you do it, like, just like for like a week, you get used to it and you're like, oh, okay, it's fine. Like, it's fine. If you hate it, you can record it and then delete it. You know, it's not like a, the live version. So I do 100% believe though, that everybody should jump on Instagram stories. I think that it's a great way to start building a deeper relationship with your followers and actually letting your followers see a piece of your real life. Um, the blog, usually, at least for most, you know, lifestyle, fashion, beauty bloggers, the blog is a great place for beautiful photos and, you know, the more professional quality content, which is amazing. But I think that the social media aspect of it is a great place for your followers and your readers to 
really get to know you as a person. And since there are so many bloggers these days, I think that it's the perfect way for you to really interact with your followers because people can reply to your stories. They can, you know what I mean? It's just the perfect way to show who you are. Well, and I love that you brought that up about the audience, because I know that before we popped on here, I was asking you about kind of mistakes that you see bloggers and influencers making when they're trying to grow. And your response to me was not really getting to know their audience or followers very well. And, you know, you've you've Mm -hmm. seen just throughout your career as a blogger that what you've learned is that there needs to be that connection between you and your follower or they're going to lose interest over time. So, you know, other than Instagram stories, because you just brought that great example in, how do you get to know your audience and followers? Followers, Can you give us a few just kind of steps or tricks that you may have that the listeners that are tuning in today could maybe start implementing um, that you've just kind of learned throughout your career? Yes. I think that it's important. And what I've realized a lot over the past year is that a lot of our followers a don't really know us. I know that we feel that they do because we post so often, but a lot of the times it's just us posting and then kind of like disappearing. You know, you don't really stay and follow up necessarily. You know, everybody can't spend their entire day on social media. It's just not possible. But I've found that like a few ways that I've really been trying to up my engagement and up my relationship with all of my followers is One, I like to ask questions. So I've noticed that if I post, say, an Instagram, I ask a question. I know that you've talked about this a lot with different people, but it's so important to get that out there so that people have something to respond to. Because if you're just posting a photo and not really putting anything in the content or in the caption, people aren't necessarily going to want to stop and write a comment. So one great way is asking questions. And then when you ask the questions, actually respond to people. I know that that seems like more work, but in the long run, building that relationship will help help you so much. So I've like, I've just completely changed my outlook on social media. And as opposed to like dreading it because it takes up so much time during my day, I I'm like making friends all around the world. I'm really paying attention to these people. And I, know who they are. I will check out their profiles, you know, and a lot of people are private, but if they're not, you know, I'll go through and I'll click on some of their photos and see what they're into. Because I think if you're like, if you're getting to know the people that follow you, you start to realize even more so what they're all interested in. And you can, you know, incorporate that into the content that you're creating. So I don't know. For me, it's building a community. It's not a one-way connection on social media. You can't just post and walk away from it. Because like you said, you there's a lot of bloggers and people will become disinterested if there's not a, like more of a deeper connection to follow you for. Right. Anybody could post an outfit point. post. Yep. I know. That's so true. And that's, you I know. think that we, a lot of times, and I, th- I think it kind of goes back to that, that idea of just, you know, it, kind of being scared or being nervous because you don't really know, maybe it's lack of understanding or maybe it's just lack of confidence a little bit, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, to really kind of show up and be seen and like build that community and do that can be very scary, but that's really where you find the data. That's where you collect all the information to then be able to create more content that your audience wants. Exactly. And while it is kind of terrifying, like I said earlier, it can be, it's scary and that's okay. And you know what? We're not all going to be just amazing on camera right away. But I think that's what makes us all different. And as cheesy as that is, you know, like we all are so different and just showing that and showing even just being a little bit vulnerable and explaining to your followers, like I'm new to being on camera, like this is not what I do usually. I think that they'll see that side of you and they'll love you even more because it's they're getting to know you even more and you're more of a person instead of just a person in a pretty photo. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I love, I love the way that you just said that. Cause it's a great, it's a great reminder that it's, it's more than just looking pretty in the photo. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Um, and that's kind of going back that, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about t- techniques with you because I think that you've, I don't know, I just think throughout your career, you've been able to just navigate and innovate in, in a really unique way. And I think that you've learned just through trial and error, like you've mentioned, of just always mining and grinding this, what kind of <laughs> tools and tricks really do work. And, um, And when it comes to analytics and being able to kind of really collect that data, I know that that's just kind of a simple way that all of us tend to use it if we have the access to Instagram analytics. But if we don't have access to the analytics, because I think that they're only available, like if you have a certain amount of followers or if you're a business account, um, how else can we pull in data? Like, I think that your idea of just asking questions, and now I love the Instagram story, the poll that we can do, that's a great way to collect data. But are there other kind of analytics tools or techs or techniques or apps that you use, um, to really help you pull in data and analytics. And then once you pull in that information, what data do you tend to just pay the most attention to, to really help you grow? Oh yeah. If you don't have access to the Instagram analytics, I would highly recommend Iconair. I know that there are quite a few different, um, I don't know, platforms, apps that you can use to track it, but I personally just use Iconosquare because I find it easy and it, they just really lay things out for you. Like it's just really easy to read. There's, yeah. It's not hard to learn. Um, what I look for, honestly, is the engagement rate and also the amount of impressions that photos are getting. So try to go through and like every week look at which photos performed the best engagement-wise. So how many comments I received, how many likes I received, versus you know, the amount of impressions. Because as we all know, the algorithm changed. We're not seeing, people aren't seeing our posts necessarily all the time. We're not showing up on different people's feeds. So it's important to see the engagement rate versus the impressions that you're getting. So the amount of people that are actually seeing Mm. your content. Oh yeah, that's smart. Because I think a lot of people get lost in the whole like, oh, well, I only got this many likes, this many comments, and I have this many followers. But we also have to factor in the fact that not all of your followers are necessarily seeing that post. Yeah, because so, I think we were talking about this like a week or two ago that one of us read somewhere that like only 5% of our followers are actually seeing our posts or it may even be smaller yes. than that. I mean, it's crazy like how little, I mean, unless we're boosting posts or unless every follower has their notifications on, which is just impossible. Like, yeah, like we're, we really are only getting to such a small percentage of our followers. And so I love your your idea of, of really focusing in on the impressions because a lot of times people don't think about that. Yeah. And it can kind of be a downer if you, if you're looking and you're like, Oh my gosh, well, I have 60 something thousand followers, but only, you know, 1200 people liked my photo. What's going on? So it's nice to factor in the, okay, 60 something thousand people didn't necessarily see that photo. Maybe only like you said, 5% or less did. And so I think that that's a good way to view it so that we're not all like depressed over how (laughs) how few (laughs) engagement, because we all know that that algorithm change has been a rough one. Um, But yeah, so I like to, I like to view the engagement on photos. That's honestly what I focus on the most. I do pay attention to the age and gender of the people following me and also their location, just as brands will ask for that information a lot. But yeah, if you, if you know the age of your audience, 
you can, you know, create your content more so to appeal to them. That makes sense. So those are, yeah, those are just a few. And I think that that's good when it comes to the age is just when you're, it makes sense when you're trying to test out, because I think that the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of listeners is that they'll hit a lot of roadblocks a lot of times that they're they're either just starting out and they don't really know how to navigate it or they've plateaued. And even if you're just starting out, you're like, well, I don't really have a lot of analytics to pull from, but the, but at least the little bit that you do, let's say like if you're, if you know that your age demographic now, even if you only have 20 followers is 18 to 22, you know that you can start curating content that would appeal, would appeal to women between the ages of 18 and 22. So it gives you a little bit more of direction to be able to then start testing a lot of different things out. Yes. I think it's the great, the greatest starting point for testing out different content or different posts, just anything, because you're getting to know your followers more, which honestly is what all of this stems from is getting to know your followers. That's my That's my biggest thing to push to people is just create a community and get to know the people that are following you so that you're creating content that they want to come back for. Yeah, it's, it's very true. I mean, it's kind of like just, if if that's kind of the core of everything. And as long as you stay true to that, then you're going to grow. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my theory. Yeah. And I want to talk about challenges a little bit with you. Um, because I know that this, this has been the year, the year of the algorithm, which is that word that all of us hate. And I know that you and I text all the time (laughs) trying to like figure this out. And I think that what we have just come to the realization is that it's just not figure outable. Um, and so I loved what you were saying to me that you think that a challenge that we have with the algorithms is that there's so many bloggers and influencers out there just not accepting the changes and they're spending so much time trying to figure it out and really just trying like more just kind of being frustrated about it and complaining about it instead of really taking action. And that complaining and that frustration is really kind of holding a lot of bloggers back. And so what we do know to be true is that the algorithms are going to just keep changing, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's what's going to happen. And that's the new setup. And so you've already like really beautifully mentioned a lot of ways about like building the strong community and like ways that you can really focus in on that to try to build a relationship. But I want to talk um, a little bit more about that and kind of what that means to you by, you know, the bloggers not accepting it. Um, do you think that bloggers spend too much time complaining about it instead of taking action? And how, how have you kind of learned to stop complaining about it and to start taking action <laughs> to you know, not even really overcome the algorithm, but just kind of live with it. Yeah. I mean, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't one of those bloggers <laughs> who has sat in the past complaining and not accepting it. But I have found that I do think that that has held me back a bit over the past months because I just have been like sitting with the attitude of, oh, this algorithm is terrible. Like, you know, and honestly... It it sucks. It does. It's completely changed the way social media was for most all of us bloggers who have been in this industry for years. It's very different. And I think that it is something that has been very hard for all of us to accept. I know we've had so many conversations about it. And I've recently come to terms that it's not going anywhere. So as much as I want to just sit and be like, this is terrible. Nobody's seeing my posts anymore. Like... I've been trying to change my mindset and honestly, it's just been a change of mindset. Um, other than, you know, trying to build my community, I try to change my mindset and change the way that I have been using social media. So it's kind of all new again, I guess you could say, because it's not what, not the way that we, it's not the way Instagram initially started. So ways that I've been trying to change it is like I mentioned before, really engaging with my followers. Um, I think that most all of our followers have seen one of our rants about this algorithm. So I think even non-influenced influencers on social media are aware that something has changed. So I think having a conversation with your followers is a great way to do it. I know that a lot of bloggers have, you know, just had an open conversation of like, Hey, if you're not seeing my posts, because of this new algorithm, 
these are some ways that you can see it. You can turn on notifications. You can follow me on Insta stories. And a lot of times I will post on my Insta story that I have a new photo. And I see a lot of other people doing that as well. So I feel like you can have an open conversation with your followers. Let them know. Let them know that if they would like to see your content, they can turn on their notifications. Also, if they like your content, to engage with it because I think that that is, while none of us really know what the algorithm is, I think that their Instagram and Facebook are just trying to get us all to be more social and using the platform more deeply instead of just like liking photos and scrolling. Right. So to comment having your followers like, Hey, if you see something that you like, or like I said earlier, ask questions so that they're engaging and commenting. I think that that helps a lot. Um, I mean, also another thing that I've been doing a little bit more and I see a lot of other people doing is doing to your followers. Um, so you could do a giveaway on your Insta stories, and say, you know, like, comment on my photos within the first 10 minutes or the first hour. Who knows what the actual algorithm is? I don't, I don't personally, maybe you but um, we have found that the more engagement you get in the first amount of time of posting kind of gives your post a boost and it gets seen more. So you could do giveaways, but honestly, I think it's just something that we all are going to have to accept as much as we don't want to. And as much as it has changed social media and made it so much harder for all of us to be seen, basically. Um, I, yeah, I think that it's one of those things where we just have to take action and try to find ways to embrace it. As much as I don't want to, I feel like we need to just start embracing it. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. And I think that that's, that should be the motto moving in into 2018 for sure. Um, yeah. One of the things that I wanted to chat about with you, just because I know that we've kind of gone through this before personally as bloggers, and it's something that I haven't really talked about much on, I don't think at all on the podcast yet, but I think that it's important to kind of mention is, um, you know, one way that we see growth as bloggers and that we see engagement grow is by, you know, other accounts reposting our, our post. So of course we know that there's a ton of these big accounts out there that, specifically repost fashion bloggers. You know, we, we could name them all. You've got OOTD, you've got, you know, a ton of global ones and a ton of ones that are kind of more mm -hmm. North American based. But I think, oh my gosh, it was probably years that those were up that I think it was a couple of years ago now, or at least a year ago, that we learned that a lot of bloggers, in fact, you know, the ones that are getting reposted by these accounts are actually paying these accounts to repost them. And maybe that was something that just everybody else knew out there. But I remember when you and I found that out, we were like, oh my gosh. What? Maybe we were just really late to this game. Maybe everyone listening today is going to be like, oh yeah, that is old news. Where have y'all been? Duh. But I remember this was probably like 18 or so months ago. And when we found out that some of these big accounts, we were like, oh, these bloggers are paying to be reposted and that's why they're getting reposted every day. And it kind of makes sense. And at first I think maybe we were just, it was so shocking to us because we didn't know that, that people were paying for that. And maybe we thought that was like, maybe our initial reaction was like, that's kind of unfair, you know, because like mm -hmm. we didn't know that people were paying for this, but really when we started to kind of research a little bit more and grasp it a little bit more, we were just, we were like, Oh, okay. This is just a new wave of advertising really. And it's just another way to kind of test how things work for you. And it's really no different than buying a Facebook ad, honestly, you know, so I would love to kind of chat about this. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, pull back the mask, if you will, and just kind of share with our listeners, one of the many internal conversations that we have about blogging all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know that, that we both kind of, you know, went through that and, and tested it out for ourselves. And I just wanted to chat with you about it, um, on, you know, what you, what your thoughts are with that and kind of where you see it and, and does it really help with long-term growth? Yes. Th that was definitely something that was like a what moment for me because when we first found that out, I was like, wait, is that even, is that fair? Is that allowed? Like how, but then the, when you think about it and you come to terms, you're like, oh yeah, that really is just like you know, say buying a Facebook ad or promoting your post on Instagram. It's just another way of form of advertisement. 
And once I got past that shock of like, ah, duh, that's how all of these girls are getting reposted so much. I went through a little investigative process because I was so curious about it. So I like, I just, I had to know, I had to know what was going into this, how much these posts cost. I just decided to dive pretty deep on it. And I started reaching out to these Instagram. I don't even know what they would be called, but these little Instagrams, they're not little, they're they have millions of followers, but I started reaching out to them. Most of them have their emails listed in their bios on Instagram. And I started reaching out. And to be honest, I was shocked at how much they cost. Is that bad to say? No. But, um, they're, they're not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a pretty expensive form of advertising and I think, you know, each different platform has their different costs. And I wanted to know if it worked because I saw these girls that were growing hundreds of thousands of followers in months. And I was curious. So I signed up for a couple of the posts with different ones. And I kind of realized like, hey, this one, I only got 20 followers. And this one, I got... 150. Um, so I think, I don't know, in my opinion, I did try it out. I tried it out for like a good month seeing if this exposure would help me grow. And while it did help me grow, I noticed once I stopped doing those posts, um, and let's keep in mind that I didn't do it for a very long time and I didn't pay to have a ton of posts because like I said, they're, they're not cheap. Um, I noticed that once I was done with that, a lot of the following that I gained started to drop off. I'm not sure why, but I just, I noticed that like I went up and you don't go up a ton. I mean, you would, you would assume that you would go up a ton of followers because these people have over, you know, close to a million followers or even more. But to be honest, I noticed that you don't go up a lot maybe 50 to 150 followers, 200 Mm. was, was the average, which is, you know, a big difference, but. And do you think that the ones that were growing like hundreds of thousands, they were just having to spend like a lot of money? Honestly, they must have. That is still kind of a mystery to me. I did find that I got reposted actually organically on, um, the Instagram at American style. Yeah. And I went up over, this was ages ago too, way before I even knew that you could pay to be on these things. I went up maybe 1500 to 2000 followers overnight. Um, so I don't know. I've noticed that a lot of the girls that were growing that much were being reposted on that specific account. And so I don't know if just maybe some have more hold over others but yeah, I don't know. I, it's still a mystery to me. And I'm so curious. I'm not friends with any of these girls that see get reposted on them all the time. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. Like I, it's still kind of a mystery, but in my experience, it wasn't something that was worth it to continue with. Right. If that makes sense. Like the amount of money that you would be paying to consistently be posted on these accounts. I mean, it's hundreds of dollars a month. Like if you want multiple posts throughout the month, it's hundreds of dollars. And to me that adds up. Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure that it's worth paying that much money to, for the payoff that I got from it. And obviously it differs everybody. I mean, the girls that get reposted all the time literally have hundreds of thousands of followers. So clearly it works for some people, but in my experience, it just, it wasn't worth the amount of money. Yeah. And what do you think about other forms of advertising, if you will, like boosting posts and um, even running Facebook ads? I mean, do you feel like 
from a blogger's perspective, those are really helping? Or is it more doing things that aren't maybe quote unquote paid? Maybe it's more giveaways to your audience so they engage more or, you know, um, thinking of really unique ways to get them to turn their notifications on. What have you kind of found that you think is a better route to take? Or do you think that you do kind of have to test them all out? I have tested all of them out myself. Um, Facebook, I find that I do get more eyes on my posts if I boost them and you have to boost them for a ton of money. But even if, you know, a couple dollars, I found that it can really help to just get more eyes on those posts. So for Facebook, I feel like it's a great thing. Instagram, I've tried, I've been testing it out. Even now I will boost a post and honestly, with the analytics from it, it'll be like one person saw this through your ad. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. I mean, that's interesting, but I don't know because like we talked about the algorithm, there are a lot of things that people are trying to do. You know, we're all trying to figure out how to get around this algorithm. And one of the things that I heard of was that if you boost your post, you'll, you'll like show up more on the algorithm. For me, I haven't noticed that with Instagram, to be honest. Like I said, though, I don't do massive campaigns for my post on posts on Instagram. I will boost it for like $2, you know? Right. And yeah, a few more people will see it. Maybe a few more people will click through to my website. But I have found that really engaging and doing giveaways with my followers. And when I say giveaways, I don't mean giveaways with brands. Um, I mean, just you as an influencer putting your own money or, you know, rounding up the extra products that we all receive and just giving back to our followers. I think that is the greatest way to grow engagement and the greatest advertising because I've done it personally. And I notice, like I will get a hundred plus comments, you know, when I'm doing an Instagram story giveaway and these, the people that follow me on Instagram stories will go over to my Instagram post and comment and they'll answer the questions. And not only am I getting more engagement from them, I'm learning more about them individually, which in turn helps me as an influencer to create content that fits, you know, their demographic and what they're into. So I truly think that engaging on Instagram and doing little mini giveaways, they don't have to be big. You can send out, you know, a few products, but to our followers, you know, that's a big deal. And we're taking the time out of our day to kind of give back to them and show them that we're appreciative because when it comes down to it, without our followers, we would be nothing. You know, we get these deals with brands, because these people take the time to follow us and interact with us. It's so true. And I think that it's, I love that you kind of touched on that of just like really being honest to, to everything that you've kind of tried. Um, and then yeah. <laughs> thinking into 2018, what are some of the things that you think that we're going to start seeing in terms of ways to build the engagement? Do you think that it's just going to be more of this trying to figure out the algorithm? Or do you think that we're going to be able to do something a little bit more intentional with our community to kind of drive that awareness? You know, I'm honestly not really sure because the algorithm has been changing so frequently. But I do think that as time goes on, it's going to a continue changing. So social media in general is going to keep changing. The internet is going to keep changing. You know, this is such a new industry. So I think it's going to constantly be changing. And I think all that we do as influencers is stay engaged, stay consistent and stay authentic because what it comes down to is that community that we've built and our authenticity with our followers and our viewers or readers, whatever on, and how much they trust you and, you know, how you've grown that community. I think that honestly, that is the only way to stay relevant with the changes is to just continue to like, keep trying to grow. Even if it's small, we don't have to be growing thousands of followers or, you know what I mean? Just continue to persevere and 
just accept what's going on and try to build from it as opposed to like, just resist it. So true. I love that. Um, it's just a great, it's like, it is, is what it is, you know, it just kind of is a good reminder to not get so hung up on it. So it's really, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show and that is what does influence mean to you? Okay. I mean, I've probably rambled on about this enough, but to me, influence is like creating a community full of people who trust you enough to keep coming back for the content you create. It's just what it comes down to is for us as influencers to grow, we have to create that community and have our followers trust us enough to come back for more. I love that. Well, coming on to, or I guess I should say moving forward into 2018, because we are almost there. Um, what is next for you? What can people expect to see in terms of new content or what you have coming out in 2018? And then where can everyone find you on social media as well as your website? Okay. Yes. So 2018 is going to be a fun year. Um, I'm going to be incorporating a lot more traffic travel into my blog and YouTube. So I'm really excited about that. Um, as for where people can find me, I am at www.sheridangregory.com. So just my name. And then on most social media, I'm at Sheridan Gregory. The only exception is Twitter. And I am at at blue eyed Finch still, which is my old blog, but yeah. So at Sheridan Gregory, (laughs) that's pretty easy. Awesome. Well, if you are listening today and you want to dive deeper into this conversation, I would love for you to check out the show notes of this episode where I lay out some of the most important takeaways from this conversation with Sheridan. And you can find those show notes at theinfluencerpodcast.com. And if you want to up-level your influence even more, then come over to juliesolomon.com net and make sure to subscribe to the newsletter as that's where I give a lot of access to tools and refreshing ideas to help you guys grow, um, especially on into the new year and you get special giveaways and personal updates from me that I only share through the newsletter. So you can find that there. So Sheridan, thank you so much again for coming on today. I'm so glad that we finally get to have this conversation and you share just a lot of really real and fantastic insights for a lot of people listening today. So I think that they're going to be very appreciative of you just being so open and honest about your journey as a blogger. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting about all of this. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.